What's up, guys? Welcome to the SRA She Rises Above podcast, a space where women get together, share about mental health advice, truth, and about Jesus. I'm your host, MC. It's my hope that when you leave this space, you feel encouraged, refreshed, and empowered to share with other women. SRA is a safe space and a real space. So no judgment here. Today is a special day because we have Miss Cathelia Edge. Hill here with us today. She's an incredible therapist. She runs the show. She has her own practice. It's called Wings of Grace Counseling. Wings of Grace Counseling, yes. And so Kat and I have met through a mutual friend. We have gotten to know each other here and there through social media. And finally, we are coming to a place where we're able to talk and chat and you guys can learn some of her brilliance. I've heard nothing but the best from Kat, and so I'm excited for you guys to meet her today. You're so kind. Thank you. <laughs> Just until you gassing me up. It's funny. Hi, girl. Okay. <laughs> so tell us, Kat, tell, me about, tell me about what you do. Tell us about your practice. Sure. Um, well, hi to everybody, first of all, who decided to tune in. My name, like Michelle was saying, is Cathelia Eshel. I am an individual couples and family therapist. I currently see clients in Barbados and Colorado, in Denver, Denver, Colorado. Right? I am primarily based in Barbados. That's where I'm from. Um, and I love what I do. This work is not easy, but... I, I do feel like this is a space that I am supposed to occupy and that this is the realm that the Lord, you know, wants me to be in. So how I got into therapy, I, I remember when I looked at this question, I cannot tell you how many times I get asked this question and I feel like every <laughs> therapist gets asked. Well, oh, you're literally therapist? saying like I was called for a time like this and then <laughs> pandemic hits and then it's like, oh, I was like I was called <laughs> like if there ever could be a time where people therapists here you are Miss Cat. you know but the 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 difference is with me is that I was in mental health even before the pandemic started mm -hmm. so I have been in the field for the last 12 plus years and then I have been doing therapy for the last five to six years I would say and then my practice itself just turned like two and a half. Yay. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, excuse me, even though it's a situation where the pandemic came in 2020, I was already in, you know, like doing therapy and in the mental health space and the mental health realm as well. I, I know that what I'm about to say, other therapists that listen, they would be like, yep, that's exactly how I went to therapy, why I went to therapy. <laughs> I was listening to a therapist the other day, and she was like, well, so some of you, you know, tuning in, you're probably like, okay, well, how'd you become a therapist? Oh, I love to help people. You know, oh, I was always the person that people came to for advice. And I was just like, stop reading me. Because <laughs> every therapist says, you know, or almost all of us anyhow. But that is a yeah. big part, I would say, of how I got into it. I was, I did tend to be the one that, like, my friends came to for advice or, um, you know, to know I have the words for it, but, like, to hold space, you know, for them. And maybe just to vent or whatever the case may be. And I love people. I love 
connecting with people. I am very big on connection, which you and I were talking about before yeah. we even started. Yeah. Connection is very important to me. And I also believe that life just feels more full when we are connected, you know, with the people that are in our lives. So I would say that along with obviously believing that this is where, you know, like God called me to be. I also love what I do and I'm passionate about what I do. So the two of them marry pretty well into each other, if that makes sense. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's because I think about like our path and when we figure out what we want to do and how we can impact and be a part of just God's kingdom. Right. On, on yeah. The so, um, I think it's so awesome that it was like a clear mm-hmm. message for you. Like, it's like, oh no, like this is what you're here for and you're going to make it happen. And we're going to, that's awesome. I love that. The thing, the thing is though with that, like I wanted to get into psychology first, mm-hmm. right? But when, when I was looking for programs for my master's, I think it was counseling psychology I wanted to get into. And that one was not as easy. So then remember my mama and she was telling me, well, how about you just look for constantly? And then it was like more options open up, you know, more places opened up, I would say as well. And then that's how I ended up getting into like the counseling side of things as opposed to like being a psychologist, yeah. which we don't have to get into that right now, but there is a difference. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have her bag, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> between a psychologist and a psychotherapist and a social worker and like it's it, I like to tell people it's the umbrella of like mental health professionals but we all do different things even though they're overlappings right hopefully that's a word yeah. um but yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so just wanted to tap that you know that side on I knew that I was gonna be in a profession that was gonna be helping people or at least I wanted to be I can't sit down and tell you though that I saw where I am right now like years ago yeah. when I was you know like just thinking about it so yeah just for more confidence. builds off of each other no that's good yes. I think a lot of times I mean with any profession when we look back we're like how did I get here and there's so many mm-hmm. thoughts that were taken and so many moments where you know it wasn't as a confident of a move to make in that moment and then it was you yeah. see in the end yeah. So, SRA, today's episode is Can I Cope? Like, can I, can I cope? Because I wanted to talk about kind of like the emotional and spiritual side and the practical side and, you know, in that therapy space, how the two can join together, how mm-hmm. it's actually super beneficial. Um, I know that when I was growing up, and I know this is toxic, but like there, there were people around who would always make me kind of feel like, oh, you're not, if you're anxious or if you're having these struggles, you're having an issue with you in relation to God. And then it became a mm. way to go to therapy. Um, and then especially in like the Latin culture speaking like for myself and it's like a weird thing. Like we don't know our families mental health history like mm-hmm. it was a hush hush thing and when they're in different countries it's handled differently and so when it comes to us myself being first gen it's like okay now I'm in this place where I have access to so much online I'm learning about my mm-hmm. mental health I'm learning about everything 
and um, just kind of like starting the path from zero mm-hmm. because it's not been started before. And yeah. I through through my loss, um, which is why I started SRA. I had kind of no idea where to start. I was in a place I know I, we're going to get into this in a little bit, but I mentioned to Kat, like, if we don't understand what's going on, um, we just will freak out. You know, we think we're mm-hmm. alone in our feelings or we're alone in feeling our body do weird things when we're mm-hmm. stressed out. And yeah. it's so scary until you start going to therapy and then all of a sudden it's like all this knowledge is dropped to you and you're like wait what like my body is what and even though you know it's still something that we work through it's it's pretty cool once you start learning about how to cope so in today's society there's a ton of practicality right like people say go get your nails done get your hair done which is like you know it's fine we all like to look good we all like to look good we like our nails <laughs> are you shading me right now michelle listen we like our nails. <laughs> you know but those things don't help me when i am stressed out Um, When I feel overwhelmed or I'm having an attack of some sorts or I'm just overstimulated. So yeah, question is, can we cope? Kat, help us out here. (laughs) (laughs) A hundred percent. I definitely do believe that we can cope. You know, there is hope. Um, And it takes time, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I know for me as a therapist and as a clinician that I try to really focus on not just professionally but also personally as well is let's look at context yeah like when something happens what is what are what is what are the contextual factors that are surrounding it right um because i don't i don't think that things just happen in isolation more often than not like if a situation happens today say for instance you do feel that you are experiencing some dysregulation and you're becoming anxious Mm. right more often than not you don't just wake up and be anxious there are things that have led to that moment even if you may not be consciously aware of it at the time so then so then it takes you having to sit down and be like okay let me try and assess you know what maybe were some potential triggers that could have activated me activated my system to the space what are the things that excuse me, what are the things that I am thinking about? What are the things that maybe feel outside of my control? You know, did you recently have an argument with a friend or a spouse or a family member? Like, it's not just you just wake up or you just, you know, like you just go about and these things just happen. Like, you don't just automatically get dysregulated more often than not, I would say. Because when you talk about attacks happening, one of the things that I try to distinguish for people is that anxiety an anxiety attack and a panic attack they're not the same thing mm-hmm. right even though they may manifest similarly there are some differences between the two and one of the biggest differences between the two i would say is that with a panic attack it's not as easy for you to track your triggers as with an anxiety attack right a panic attack tends to be more sudden and it comes on and then sometimes it may just last about five minutes or it can last, I saw only some people said it can last for up to an hour, which in my mind is so long. Um, 
because it's not just emotionally that you are dealing with that, right? Like your body is then dysregulated for that period of time. And our bodies were not created and meant to be in a perpetual state of dysregulation. So then when that happens, you feel tired, right? I don't, I don't know if, you know, you struggle with anxiety. Oh, I've had it all, girl. When you're saying the difference, I'm like, absolutely. One of them, <laughs> one of them I'm like, I'm feeling anxious. And it gets to the point where it's that point where you're having an anxiety attack. The other one yeah. is something happens and instantly yeah. you're, ha- exactly. you're on fight or flight and your body just yeah. feels like it cannot do anything. Like exactly. You normally function throughout the day. That's the thing. Um, and I, I think too, when, so then obviously if you don't know what your triggers are, then it makes it harder for you to feel that you can, that you can cope, right? Mm-hmm. That you can manage because you can't pinpoint where it's coming from. So one, one of the things that I do encourage clients to do though, especially when it comes to anxiety, because I do see that quite a bit in my work, I would encourage them to focus on some somatic exercises. And somatic just means the body. right so you can do deep breathing slow deep breathing and i put slow because we're like yeah i try deep breathing it doesn't work like if you are that's that's not gonna help you right like you gotta calm your system down settle your system and then breathe and as you are doing slow deep breaths it really does help to oxygenate your body then right um, and then ease some of the dysregulation that may be going on. So you have that. There's also the five senses exercise, which the amount of times that I have told my clients about this, you know, they're probably so tired of it right now. Um, <laughs> but the five senses like, exercise, yes. <laughs> it utilizes all five of your senses to bring you back to the present moment and help you it help it helps to get you more grounded and centered so you look at five things that you see four things that you can touch three things that you can hear two things that you can smell and one thing that you can taste and the idea is that as you are walking through those senses you can't be anxious at the same time because your focus is shifted right so um that's one of the things that i encourage them to do also along with you know journaling i would say also taking some time to get in touch with your body doing the body scan and body scan just means that you checking in with your body from the top right down to the to your feet and assessing you know maybe where you sense any tension in your body and if you do sense tension what does it feel like how can you tend to it you know so you can focus on the body emotion connection because there is one yes. <laughs> and, and then you also i i started doing this myself not necessarily to manage anxiety but just to create some space of solitude just going outside in the daytime <laughs> and being either in the sun or in the shade your pick is fine and just kind of settling myself out there closing my eyes breathing in deep and just trying to be present you know and i really do feel like that in and of itself is so calming and it has been helpful for me so i can only imagine that if whether it is that you're trying to manage an anxiety attack or a panic attack or you just want to create more room and space for you to tend to your mental health and get in the habit 
of like creating time for solitude I think that those are some things that I would encourage for sure Oh, I love that. And you know, it's funny, as you're talking to me, I'm thinking about things that I do and I journal because for me, I get so wrapped up in my head that I have yes. to about, um, cold, any like cold water. If I put cold water mm. on my face or if I get into the shower just for a moment, I don't know what it is, but it just, it just calms me down mm-hmm. uh, and for sure, like going on walks and even mm-hmm. podcasts. Like I think um, in my case, like I'm, I'm working from home and I'm not around people as often. So hearing like a podcast, someone other than me and my husband and my kids talking, you know, like it's, and it's connection, even though obviously I don't know, you know, these famous podcasters, but I'm listening to what they're saying. Um, and it's, yeah. when I'm outside, I, <laughs> I think my question would be like, when you're going into like, if someone is having a panic attack or let's just say I've had moments, I know that I've had, um, anxiety and I know Mm -hmm. I can pinpoint, like I can pinpoint the reason why I'm overstimulated. I can pinpoint that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I know my therapist has told me like, just like pretend it's third person and you're just like, you know, don't judge what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard because I know that there's mm-hmm. times where in that moment I can pinpoint like, okay, Michelle, this has happened. Like, like you said, like let's, yeah. let's the context in that moment. I can say this is happening because of all these other things. Right. Like, and I think I, I've learned to say out loud, like I'm safe. Everything is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And really like practical but I think sometimes in my head if I'm not in a place like you said that I'm providing space for myself mm-hmm. I can say in my head all of these things is why I'm stressed and just let it loop over yeah over, rather than having the authority over it and like having mm-hmm. a where I'm like okay <laughs> I'm safe yeah yeah <laughs> and the thing is sometimes I think I think even when we, when we have it in our minds to say, I'm safe, I am okay, this will pass, sometimes that can just feel like not true yeah. in the moment, right? And it can feel, it can feel, you know, like sometimes people have all these affirmations, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, whatever, whatever, whatever. And some people can just feel like those are really generic, Yeah, you know? And sometimes they probably may feel that way. So one of the things that I do encourage people to do with the affirmation side is find affirmations that work for you, Yeah. right? If it is that you want to pull out like promises from the Bible, then you can do that. If it is that there are some of those quote unquote generic ones that work for you, you can lean into those as well. Um, but when you talk about, we talk about stepping outside of yourself, essentially, that's, that's how I heard it. Like, I'm, like, I'm, uh, like I'm, Yeah. <laughs> exactly like observing yeah observing observing yourself in a non-judgmental way you know one of the things that I try to encourage my clients and remind them of is that just because you are holding yourself accountable doesn't mean that you have to be mean while you do that like there's room for self-accountability and self-compassion at the same time you know, so even if it is that you catch yourself in a moment, whether it is you're becoming anxious or whether it is that you, know, you snapped at somebody and you're like, man, I could have done better. 
there's a way in which you can speak to yourself in those moments and you can still be kind and gracious to yourself in those moments without you being harsh and critical and then spiraling. Because if you think about it, right, if you realize that you did something or said something that, let's say, didn't really align with who you want to be or who you believe that you truly are, right, and you speak to yourself or you regard yourself in a negative and a critical and a condemning way, how likely are you to actually try to do better the next thing? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because you are already (laughs) coming. You already coming from (laughs) (laughs) You already coming from a place of negativity and then feeding into that negativity with more negativity. So how can you actually stop the spiral unless you change something? So I I trust me. I get it. I know how hard it is sometimes to be kind instead but i well at the same time i do believe that there is there is fruit that comes from you being curious mm-hmm. yeah instead yeah. of you just speaking badly or negatively towards yourself they like, get curious yeah if it is that you snapped up somebody in the moment what was that about what was it that was said? Was it the way that it was said? Was it the timing that the that the statement, you know, or the sentence was said? What exactly is going on in your life? Is it a you problem or is it a them problem? You know, so trying to look at as many, I guess, perspectives as possible. Because then when you do that and you figure that out, it helps you in the future moving forward. So if it is that, you know, you know what? That morning you didn't have any breakfast or any coffee yet. And that person maybe they weren't deserving of what you did, but you were so grumpy. So ensuring that you create room and space and time for breakfast, for coffee, for you to maybe settle yourself before you go into to the office or whatever the case may be, you figuring out what you need to do to tend to you so that then as you interact with people, you're not wounding them. I love it. Yeah, but you're helping them instead of not helping them to be your therapist, but helping them in the sense that you are contributing to the positivity or the positive experience that they're having in that day instead of being the opposite. I love that. And I keep saying, I love that. I love that. I love that. But I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so good. Um, And it's so true because I feel like when I'm in a space where I'm being so intentional about like spending my time with God, making sure that I have um, not only just hear a verse, but like I really apply that to my heart and like find out. Yeah. And when I'm in a good headspace, obviously, like the fruit that flows from that is gonna be a great fruit, you know? It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. And so it's kind of a place I know for myself and listeners, um, as a mom, I know for me, and I can be transparent and share that, but a lot of my negativity in those moments, a lot of my negativity in those moments will be like, I feel this coming on, but I have you know, my kids around and I need to, Mm. yeah, you you can't feel this right now. You can't, you have to just get through this because there's things that need you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've ever come across any other moms, um, that have spoken that to you before, but I, I, I have not, but I am curious in those moments and how do you settle yourself? I feel like, like in those moments where I'm, where I am completely overwhelmed and you guys are going to laugh and don't judge, but like my AirPods, those like noise canceling ones that you can put, uh-huh. on, 
Um, obviously I can still hear my kids, but it lowers it down like an octave. If they're having like a mm. day where they're just like screaming, like I, my, I have a three-year-old. And so when she's having a bad day, girl, we all know she's having a bad day. <laughs> and if it's just fussy, like I'll put a headphone in and it lowers it. And it, <laughs> I don't care if that sounds crazy. Apple, come and hire me. I will produce, <laughs> I'll produce this commercial. Um, but that has helped. Um, and then also like I've taken moments to tell my kids and it's been great because I'll tell them like, honey, I'm, I'm frustrated right now. Mommy's going to go to the room and I'm going to journal for a little bit and I'll be, mm. and they're still safe in my surroundings, but I'm able to kind of like get to my space, journal, whatever it is that I did not journal earlier Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to just find solace in that moment. And then walk back in and be around them. And of course, yeah. um, you, you're not always proud of how you respond to your kids if you're stressed sometimes. Yeah. I've found that there's like little things like that, um, that if I'm in the space where I feel something coming on, um, mm -hmm. like you said, understanding the context and understanding that I can like pinpoint, you almost see it coming. Mm -hmm. like you're mm -hmm. on shore and you see the waves and you're like... <laughs> Um, but at least that's, what's been helping me a lot. Yeah. Um, and so that is good. That's good. Thank you, girl. It is. <laughs> and I, I really like, I really appreciate the part where you said that you tell them, you communicate with them like, Hey, I'm frustrated. I'm going to go and journal one. You are modeling healthy behavior right there for them. Right. They may not remember it <laughs> consciously. Or they may not even be able to listen. One day when right they're now. 16, they're like, Mom, I'm going to go journal. I'll be like, You go, girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they may not be able to assimilate it. Right but it plants, it plants seeds that they can then look back, you know, on, and those seeds can then bear fruit so that as they go into like older childhood and then teen years and then young adulthood and then all this stuff they have those seeds that are there right because yeah. the same way that we plant bad seeds we can plant good seeds too and emotionally intelligent children i'm about it i'm and emotionally intelligent parents i'm also about it i do i do think because you were talking about earlier when you you were talking about your culture for people who would not see you promoting this, I am black and Michelle is not. <laughs> so what do you mean? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I am Cuban and Ecuadorian, so I'm Caribbean. But I'm there we go. Um, but yes, but we're both from, from the Caribbean. But I made that distinction to say, um, or that specification rather, that the same way you have like your own hiccups culturally when it comes to mental health and therapy like we also have that in black culture right and i also believe it would be fair for me to say depending on where you reside in the world impacts it differently too okay. yeah so i i think that black americans have a very unique experience that caribbean people do not have and vice versa yeah. even though we're all black i do think then that the overarching the overarching ideas of black people having to be strong and having to you know be able to sort their own stuff and not depend on people and not have people know their business like yeah. all of those are things that then when you grow up those are like we're talking about just no seeds that are planted 
So then when you are struggling, you have people that struggle to open up and to be vulnerable and admit when they're not okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially especially black men, I would say. I think that black women probably do, not probably, they do struggle with it in their own way because I do think that black women have been seen as the the carriers of everybody you know so whatever's going on black women will take care of it yeah like we shoulder a lot we do and we do it well um and at the the same time it's like black women are not created to be super women Mm -hmm. right so we do not have to do everything um and then when you look at black men and mental health i do believe that there is this thing of if you admit that something is wrong or you're struggling then you're less of a man and you know then that also plays into like a whole other set of things so i do i do want to point out and what's the word reinforce you know what you were talking about as it relates to culture because culture really does play, it really does play a role, especially when you are looking at people of color, regardless of what that color is. I do think that when you figure out what that color is, it adds even more context for you when you look at coping. And even first of all, I mean, that something is not all the way right, because sometimes people just don't. They're scared to, or they don't feel as though they have the permission to. And that's, that's a very big, part of the equation that I think needs to be considered definitely economic background like all yeah I know that um with my husband he's from Venezuela and um they're from like out in the countryside they didn't Mm -hmm. come money or anything like that so I know when me and him have these conversations and it's so funny because I'm his wife who like now wants to just talk about all the emotions (laughs) Carlos I love you if you're listening (laughs) when me and him get into conversations is very much like what you're mentioning. And then it's almost like, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm lucky to be here. So I don't need to feel anything else, but yeah, you need to have those conversations and they're so important. And just men in general, they don't even, I, it's just so sad. Like, and I see it because of our background as well. And mm-hmm. um, you know, now in marriage and we have two kids, I'm like, babe, mm-hmm. I gave you two daughters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> take the hint. <laughs> yeah, take the hint. Uh, we're gonna learn a little bit more about emotions. But yeah. Um. So, what would you tell? Uh, what advice would you give someone who feels like you know they're making the plan, they're getting through it. Um, not getting through it, but you know they're in the journey of healing, and then they feel like something happens, and then mm-hmm. they're back at square one. Like, what hope? would you give them or what practical practice would you give them? One of the first things that I would want to encourage people in that sense is first of all, to be clean and gracious with yourself to and with yourself. Yeah. Healing is a process and it's not clean. It's messy. And it, it can be very messy sometimes. Yeah. So ensuring that you have a realistic expectation of healing and of what the healing process could potentially entail, I believe is really important. When we, when, when you were talking about feeling as though you were making progress and then like going back, that is also a part of it, I would say, you know, because you are dealing with things that for one, maybe you have never dealt with before. 
and you are now creating new habits, new patterns, new behaviors. So sometimes you will find yourself reverting to how things were before. And I also think that sometimes you may also be unexpectedly triggered. So then if you weren't expecting a trigger and it's a way that you have never been triggered before, like how realistic is it for you to actually think that you're going to be on it? <laughs> you know? That's so good because speaking from my background, like things will just pop up and then yeah. you're not expecting it to. And then there's times where things pop up and you do very well and you're like, I just, okay. Like I'm okay. Yeah. That's a trigger, but I can see the growth. Yeah. Definitely. It's a, it's a continuous journey because I do, I do think that as we grow and as we get older and as we mature and as we have different experiences, our triggers may very well change. And maybe what triggered you like two, three, one year ago may not trigger you in the same way right now. And then I do believe that there are those deeper rooted things yeah. that need more work, you yeah. know, and need you to do more like scraping out the stuff that's in there and dealing with what's there. And then allowing there to be more room and space for growth and, you know, like healthier behaviors and healthier coping mechanisms, et cetera, to be developed. So Having realistic expectations of the healing process, being kind and gracious and compassionate towards yourself, lean into your people. Lean into your people. I literally made a tweet earlier today and I said, you need to, you need to let people be there for you too. <laughs> One of my cousins responded and she was like, she was like, I can't read this tweet. <laughs> And I just was not, like, I was not looking for that. And I legit laughed out loud. <laughs> and um, I told her, I said, put on a pair of glasses and give it another go. Um, so, but, you know, because it's more vulnerable to allow somebody else to be there for you. Yeah, it is. But my, my question then is, if you feel that you are the one that has to be there for everybody, what is, what is under that? You know, what makes you feel that you are the only body that can care and love for people? You know? Um, and is there some pride there? Because it may very well be a bit of that. It could be a bit of fear. It could be a bit of, um, you know, unhealed wound, wounds and unaddressed wounds that may have happened in the past. But you get to let people care for you too. You get to have space held for you too. You get to have people love on you well. Yeah, I think a part of it, at least for me, is like I'm understanding that and allowing people to take care of me like i'm like it's it's a, it's bringing the ego down and being like yes I need help and yeah i would never say that until now where it's like everyone <laughs> help me <laughs> who, who can i call for help well, yeah. i'm like now like looking at different therapists like you talk about the umbrella i'm like hmm this one does this this one does that and listen listeners i encourage you look it up because that's right interesting yeah. i'm like falling in love with all of this and like the, <laughs> the nervous system my husband's like you and your nervous system i'm like my nervous system, you and your nervous system. <laughs> <laughs> well and this goes to basically our, our little final topic that i want to talk about the way that our bodies show yeah stress maybe you can give some relief to some of our listeners out there because i know not everybody has you know not everybody has felt it but some have and mm -hmm. feeling that that feeling in your hands or your legs or feeling like mm -hmm. um the twitch in your eye the infamous twitch i feel like everyone in the world has <laughs> felt the twitch in the eye of the stress and mm -hmm. everyone has 
felt little um, tweaks in our body. And so mm-hmm. what would you say to kind of just make sense of it all? Okay. So I am going to get a bit psychological. And then, <laughs> and then, but, but I'm going to try not to be like too over. And some yeah. of these things I actually looked up as well because as I tell people all the time, I don't profess to know everything. I am not the Lord. So I don't have a problem saying that I don't know and figuring out how I can find out more information, right? So when we talk about our emotions and body connection, the amygdala is a part of the brain, right? Now, even though we refer to it as one thing, there are actually two. Amygdala or amygdala, I think is probably how you pronounce it, one of those two. But there is a, a portion on each hemisphere of the brain because you have a right hemisphere and a less left hemisphere um so the amygdala is responsible for the perception of emotions such as anger fear and sadness and it also looks at the controlling of aggression right so the amygdala is what helps you to store memories of events and emotions that may go along with them so that you can you can be able to pull back or access that file in the future so for example like if it is that you were chased by a dog which has happened to me um <laughs> you're just like that or you've had like a dog bite then your amygdala stores that information and that event so then you would find yourself being more cautious around dogs right because you have that experience that you can pull back from um and then as it relates to the fight or flight response, which I know you had outlined a while back, but just for people who may not even know what that is, the fight or flight response is known as the acute stress response. And it refers to a physiological reaction that occurs when we are in the presence of something that is mentally or physically terrifying. And that was from verywellmind.com org. So if you find yourself in a situation, one of the examples that I tend to use a lot is if you are, say you're in the woods and a bear comes, you know, then your body goes into play or flight response because one, of course you're in a situation that is actually terrifying. So your body's trying to figure out how do we protect you as best as possible. So even though we have the fight or flight, there are also two more that are talked about in mental health. You have the fight, the flight, the freeze, and the fawn. So in the fight response, you are looking at um, you actually being able to combat, you know, something that may have happened. Flight is running away. Freeze is when you're unable to move when a situation happens. And then fawn is, which I guess may more happen maybe relationally, is what happens when you are trying to please someone so that conflict does not ensue, which is a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> So when you when you find yourself in a situation where the fight or flight response is initiated, that comes after the amygdala stimulates the hypothalamus, which is another part of the brain. And the hypothalamus then sends signals to the adrenal glands to produce hormones, which would be um, adrenaline and cortisol. So cortisol is known as a stress hormone. And then adrenaline is what plays a role in the heart rate increase, increase in blood pressure, um, enlarging the pupils. So those are some of the things that you may also experience as you become anxious. 
one of the things that I try to tell people when they are thinking about anxiety and we look at the body emotion connection is that, okay, where do you sense that tension in your body? You know, do your palms sweat? Do you feel tension in the back of your neck? What does your stomach feel like? How do you feel it in your face? Because some pe- for some people, anxiety may manifest one way and not another in somebody else. And our emotions can also manifest in ways that are similar. So being able to identify the physical manifestations and, and the physiological manifestations that go along with our emotions helps us, you know, to differentiate between the two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then one of the things that helps ultimately, obviously, if you're looking at the body emotion connection, then specifically with anxiety, would be relaxation techniques, which we would have spoken about earlier. Right. So when we look at deep breathing, deep breathing helps to get more oxygen into your body. And it also helps you to get more grounded and feel more centered. And this is where you, because you were asking about the vagus nerve too, which I actually don't know a whole lot about. Mm -hmm. Um, But the vagus nerve is what communicates with your diaphragm. Right. So that's one of the reasons then why when you take deep breaths, you feel more relaxed because there is a connection all in there right (laughs) right from the rooter to the tutor what happened with me is that when i was experiencing um like a tremendous because when we had our loss we moved to a new place then the pandemic all the craziness um i had a lot of gi issues and so Mm -hmm. um i was being doctors were just trying to like hand me a bunch of stuff and i was like no but something's actually wrong yeah but um when I was talking with my therapist before, she mentioned the vagus nerve and how it goes from the top mm-hmm. to the bottom and how it passes right around your stomach area. And so mm-hmm. you can actually, it, you can have those GI issues from stress and from anxiety. Yeah. And when I heard that, oh my gosh, it was such a relief. So anyone else, <laughs> now you know. Um, but I just found it so interesting. Yeah. I always knew about the mind-body connection when it came to sports or when it came to working out and, and mm-hmm. the I get from that. Um, but I had not recognized my body being like, it's trying to help me. It's trying to send me signals like a car that's breaking down. Like it's showing mm-hmm. it's like, hey, there's, you need to slow down. And that happens. And if, when we don't listen, our bodies make us listen. Yeah. Our bodies, your body will make you listen if you do not listen to it, <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I get for some people, I get for some people sometimes their bodies can feel very unsafe and uncomfortable for them, especially if they have been violated before, mm-hmm. right? So if there's history of like abuse or domestic violence or molestation or anything like that, trigger warning um sometimes people can feel as though their bodies are not like a safe space so you asking them to get in touch with their bodies can actually trigger them instead of like helping them to feel more grounded and centered right so making sure that you also take that into consideration and then two if those are not presented challenges for you personally then yes paying attention to your body and choosing to get in touch with it helps your overall mental health and your overall mental wellness yeah um it sends you the message just got pay attention seriously i believe i can cope <laughs> the answer is yes um especially i told you <laughs> like you 
No, but truly, um, thank you so, so much. I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation. And if you loved it, you need to let me know because we will have her right back on here. <laughs> so I've enjoyed talking to you so, so much. It's so interesting. So I truly believe like God handpicked special people like you for this. And it's just such a, it's a blessing even to talk to you for this. We look, we said 30 minutes, it's been an hour. So um, just talking to you, is like, it's just such a blessing. And I think that, um, you know, maybe we're not all therapists out there, but I think we all have friends that you can share this with one and two, you know, we can always help them find someone and three, like people just want to hear hope and people want to hear mm -hmm. you know, like, that you're there. Not that you have all the answers to their problems, but that you're there and you'll create the space and yeah. You know, be a friend along the journey um so thank you so much for your time thank and you time frame is different okay so thank <laughs> you so 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 much for being on i truly truly am just so grateful that you're on here spreading your love um and everyone uh, please let us know thanks for tuning in let us know your biggest takeaway from this conversation i hope you guys enjoyed it thank you so much again kat you are thank so you Thank you. <laughs> um, all right, guys. See you next episode.